This is MJ. I'm an author, I'm an artist, I'm an analyzer. Find all my work at mjmunoz.com. Welcome to Digimon Seekers. I'm continuing to make, record, build, read the audiobook version of Digimon Seekers, the web novel. I'm continuing with A.G. Wolf of the Ninth Avenue, which is Chapter 1. This is Part 14 of Chapter 1. I will be reading the translation by Kekun, and I have links for it in the show notes so you can find the text yourself and read it for yourself. Here you're going to have me reading it and then having some thoughts and reactions uh, to what I have read. So, here I go. Walsam Ninth Avenue. When A.G. went up the stairs out of the subway exit and stood agape at his surroundings, he wanted to turn right back around. What is this? Another country? A real slum? A.G. asked. This is crazy. I'll lose my life here. The air was dank with soot. The abandoned building that he'd seen earlier was one thing, but this place, it was something else. If this place was listed in a tourist book, A.G. was sure that it would say things like has the highest crime rate on the planet or don't go anywhere near here. What do you call this sort of place? Kulon City? A.G. asked. Kabukicho in the Showa era? He looked up the city block from below the densely packed buildings built on illegal construction. A place that was like Kulon City, a slum that had once existed in Hong Kong before the reversion to China, built by illegal immigrants on land that had been ungoverned by the government. Or, like the Kabukicho district of Shinjuku in the Showa era, a city that never slept and was alight with neon signs for restaurants, brothels, hotels, and other establishments. A red light district. Wall Slum is the boundary between the real world and the digital world, Lugawan explained. Real information is always flowing in through the network, so it's constantly changing. Because of that, everything here changes from one day to the next. Lugamon, what? Would you happen to be really intelligent? Eiji said, his eyes shining. Digimon are intelligent. Maybe I'll have you help me with the hard stuff from now on, Eiji said. Can I call you senpai? Quit it. But I love you, Lugamon. You're so reliable. If Eiji had a tail, he'd be wagging it right now. This is exactly why your dog looked down on you. Let's hurry up and get to work. With Lugamon verbally whipping him back into gear, Eiji launched the tool on his virtual monitor. He initiated the mapping. Now all they had to do was fill in the map by walking around. Mapping this red light district, huh? A.G. was so overwhelmed by the visual absurdity of Ninth Avenue that if he tried to describe it in words, he would lose his mind. There were no straight streets. Alleyways were nothing more than gaps between buildings. The width and direction of the streets were a mess, and there was clearly no urban planning. There were no restrictions on the building coverage ratio, oblique restrictions, earthquake resistance standards, or any other legal regulations based on the Building Standards Act. To add insult to injury, not even architectural mechanics seem to exist here. If one were to bring in realistic human sensibilities to the city that ignored all safety and construction standards, they would feel uneasy just being here and would forever walk around thinking of the inevitable collapse that was sure to happen two seconds later. 
Like, for instance, if a sign hanging from a single screw fell, the steel frame over there would snap, and all the buildings around it would collapse like dominoes. A.G. checked on the map as he walked around. Looks like there are Digimon around here. Hiding, though. He could feel eyes watching him all over from the alley. Ninth Avenue is the worst neighborhood in Wall Slum, Lugamon said. If outsiders walked through it, they'd be stripped of their clothes within 50 meters and left for dead within 100 meters. Scary. Our destination is the heart of Ninth Avenue, the Castle of Nine Wolves. A.G. and Lugamon continued their work. It was a bit of a letdown in the end, but they were able to proceed with mapping without hassle. There was no Digimon to be seen anywhere. It was as if they were in the middle of nowhere, although Lugamon insisted that he could sense them close by. A dead-end street. There was a tiled roof building, including a small plaza surrounded by overhanging ramshackle buildings. It looked more like an imperial house in Chinatown than a castle. Is this the castle of Nine Wolves? We need to map that, and what's ahead of it? A.G. walked up to the Imperial House. Mm. Lugamon stopped. What's wrong, Lugamon? A.G. had gone ahead of him, but he couldn't go too far as he was hollowized. This is my home, or it was. Did you remember something? It has a faint smell. Markings that I'd left behind. But it's me and not me. It's much, much stronger. Maybe it could be... A.G. had an idea. The evolved version of you? Something's coming. Lugamon turned his nose to the narrow strip of sky between the buildings. Rap, 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 rap. It was a thunderous roar. Winds picked up. The sound seemed to hit the ground and blew away the surrounding garbage data. A.G. was forced to his knees. Lugamon dug in his claws. What is it? A.G. cried. What's coming? A winged monstrosity cast a shadow over the castle of nine wolves. A.G. had shut his eyes to protect them from the billowy dust, but now he held up a hand over his eyes and squinted up at the sky. Is that a bird? A dragon? No, neither. That's... The thing had engines on both wings. It was a machine-type Digimon based on a tilt-rotor aircraft that was capable of vertical takeoff and landing. Cargo Dramon, perfect level, machine type, virus species. On its fuselage was the word police in intimidating letters. It's the Digipolice, A.G. shouted. The police, what are they doing in Wall Slum? Digimon affiliated with the Digipolice descended off the hovering Cargo Dramon from a rope. They were Commandramon. The Helleborn squad spread out quickly securing the base. An alert rang. At the sound, A.G. looked at his map on the virtual monitor. Markers indicating Commandermon appeared in the vicinity of the Castle of Nine Wolves. The castle was being surrounded. They're demanding that we open up voice chat on the Grim Channel, A.G. cried out. He had received a warning notification from the police in the operation channel. Grimm was not a service that belonged to any particular company, 
So if you didn't comply with police demands, that wouldn't be an immediate criminal act by itself. However, it would mean that you have taken a defiant attitude towards the state power. What do we do? Lugamon asked. It doesn't matter one way or the other. That interviewer is the only one with administrative power over this operation channel. AG didn't have the authority to open it. The hell! Don't ignore me, you shitty code cracker! Boom! A shrill voice came from the cargo drawn above. The voice was loud and shrieked like a cartoon character. It rang directly through AG's mind-linked sense of hearing. And that is the end. So. Huh. I'm not exactly sure how to feel about this. I, uh, I'm going to do a quick live check to see if Kekun embellished by throwing the, uh, the S word in there. Um, and why? Uh, you know, I, I've been around different fandoms for a while. Uh, I'm into tokusatsu. And that is, uh, you know, it's no secret that there are different groups who provide subtitles for tokusatsu stuff. And, you know, while Toei and other companies don't like that, it is a fact. It's a fact that they know about. It's a fact that they try to hide. And um, it's something that they don't want uh, to be admitted, I'm sure. But it's the truth. And, you know, you cannot plug your ears and shut your eyes and hide from the truth. And, oh, <laughs> some subtitle groups will put, uh, you know, Kisama, I will translate things in a more adult tone. They will put cuss words into them. And they, uh, some kind of do it willy-nilly and some do it where it feels appropriate. And sometimes uh, actual English language curse words do appear in the original Japanese. Uh, I think in Revice they did that. And um, I'm pretty sure in Kamen Rider Kiva... One of the shirts that, um, oh man, I love this guy, but I can't remember his name at the moment, uh, wore, uh, had some sort of curse words on it. And, uh, anyway, I'm an adult. I can handle it. I've said these words before. I don't wish to say them as much as I do. I, well, I say them more than I'd like to, uh, but it looks like Kekun took a little bit of a liberty here and decided to throw the S word in here because the line from Digimon Web, uh, the translation I have there says, come on, don't play dumb with me, code cracker. But then it continues, boom, a shrill voice. Um, but then it says it's a suffocating voice. Um, and then it calls it cartoony, which is, why would it be suffocating and cartoony? That's a little bit weird. I guess the feeling of it is suffocating because it's right in his ear through his mind link. I don't know. That's kind of weird. But anyway, uh, so I'm not mad. I'm not going to try to cancel k -Kun. I'm not going to say that, you know, he shouldn't do that or whatever. It's up to him. I read it. I saw it was there, and I read it, and that's fine with me. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'm just going to roll with it. It's not that big of a deal to me. Um, but maybe that says more about me than I would like it to. Anyway, uh, so what did I think about this episode? What did I think about this chapter? Uh, I liked it a lot more. Uh, I liked that it was so much more clear. I think... I'm not sure if the dialogue tags were actually done better. Uh, I don't know if you noticed, but I deliberately read it slowly. And there were a few places where I fumbled. But for the most part, I think I did a pretty good job with the reading. Not that it's super difficult, but I'm just saying, you know, in the context, I think I did fine. And I deliberately took the approach before I started reading it that I was going to 
slow down because I had so many mistakes last time and I was just going to uh, let myself read and not rush through it so that I could see the words, absorb the words, process the words before saying the words. And I'm going to say that definitely helped my performance, my reading, the understandability of what was being said there, which is good. Um, but I also think that it had a... I also think what that it had a positive effect on the reading. Oh, it may have had a secondary effect of helping me to better understand what I was actually reading as I was reading it. Because uh, I did scan ahead a few times to look down and see if it was Lugamon or AG because I am trying to affect a voice for them. But also, just in regular reading, it's frustrating when you think that you're... I mean, even if I'm reading quietly, I think, oh, this is uh, Thrawn. Oh, no, it turns out it's Pelion. Oh, I thought this was uh, Mara. No, it's actually Luke. Uh, that stinks. <laughs> that doesn't make sense that you would leave it up to interpretation for the reader to, to mess it up. Um, I know it's not a screenplay or like a you know Shakespeare play where it breaks down and says each character's name and then, you know, colon, and then it gives their line. But I don't know, in some ways, isn't that kind of better? Um, even as from a reading experience, don't you want to know who it is? If it's a very personal, like depending on the the format or, or the, uh, I guess, part of the plot, the presentation of it being first person or whatever, it changes things up. Uh, and it makes it more or less easy to understand. But, I don't know, you want it readily understandable. So, anyway, I thought this was a lot more understandable. I thought it was weird that there were no other Digimon encountering them. And I wonder if that... I like. I wonder what that's about. Maybe they had a sense that the cops were coming. So, <laughs> the Digipolice, uh, that they were on their way. So, they knew to stay away. I mean, that could be the case. That would be kind of interesting if that was what happened. Um, and... Uh, I like this whole thing with the cops coming in and messing things up. And, uh, well, I just, like I said, I think that's interesting. And um, I'm not mad at the, uh, I'm not mad at it for portraying like this, uh, how do you say? I'm not mad at them for portraying a less than rosy estimation of the cops. Because, uh, I don't know, it's kind of weird the way they're framing the police here. Um I don't know that I think... It doesn't feel like the cops are super noble uh, just yet. And I don't know. I, I find that kind of curious. I wonder what is going on. We've got a group called the Sons of Chaos. And, you know, chaos is associated with lawlessness and, and bad things. And, uh, you know, de I'm not denying that, you know... I'm not saying I want a chaotic life because chaos is wonderful. But I am saying that depending on how you define things... Uh, chaos can be exciting uh, and, you know, free and, you know, not oppressive, or it can be this awful, terrible thing that people endure. So, uh, like I said, it depends on how you, uh, on how you interpret it. And it definitely seems like we're not getting the rosiest interpretation of, uh, of chaos to some extent. But then again, you know, AG's comment about how he uh, has to be careful uh, like it almost talked, it almost seemed like it was talking to me about like a social credit score thing. Like Grimm doesn't belong to any one group, but he'll be seen of you know his refusal to uh, respond or to reply or to work with them, or his refusal to respond on the Grimm channel uh, will lead to problems for him basically. But it's not an outright illegal act. It'll just be defiance against an authority or a state, which 
made me a little uncomfortable because um, sometimes you want to avoid, um, sometimes you want to defy an authority or a state because they're not always uh, doing what's right or they're not always doing what's in the best interest of people. And, uh, you know, I like the idea of people being free to, to choose. Um, but uh, this actually does kind of lead to focus on something interesting, which is the fact that, or the idea of this uncensorable technology and different ways that the internet works. And I would say that it looks like Grimm is working on some sort of protocol where it's actually uh, like a, it's an open system and it's not really tied to any one platform. And that's kind of an interesting idea. There's this protocol called Noster, which I've been meaning to get into. I've heard about it for a little while. And like I said, I, I want to get into it, but I just haven't done it. Re uh, I haven't done it yet. And it seems really interesting because basically it's like an uncensorable uh, protocol. So you could, uh, well, and two, it'll, it'll like distribute to multiple channels, let's say. So let's say you're not satisfied with uh, Elon Musk on Twitter, right? You're upset with him. You can with this. Uh, you can with Noster. You can basically make it so that you're not tweeting anymore. You're making these Noster notes or whatever, and then you're sharing them to multiple places uh, because it's open like that. That's pretty cool, and that means that you don't have to be forced to be in a place that you don't like uh, just to communicate with people. And you can even be off of that and still communicating or talking to people who you are interested in talking to or following uh, and seeing their stuff and sharing it with them. And it's like a cross-platform. Uh, it's a cross-platform protocol that makes it so that you can use uh, social media in a way that's tailored to you and not dependent upon these big tech companies um, allowing you to do things a certain way. So that's pretty cool. That's what it seems like Grimm might actually be like, which is pretty interesting. Um but I'm getting distracted talking about the technology instead of the story, which uh, I do mean to talk about the story. So uh, I think that I like what's going on here. I like this idea that they are going to a place that Lugamon knows. It was his home that he's sensing that. That's I think that's pretty cool. Um, I'm you know curious to see where they go with that because uh, I don't know. They're just. Uh, I, I did not expect this to turn into like a, you know, video game character has amnesia. We have to find out, you know, who he is and where he's going and whatever. I, and I especially did not expect that with the Digimon. Although, uh, yeah, I did not expect that with the Digimon. But uh, I'm not mad at it. It's just, it's kind of interesting. Um, so, I'm, I don't know. I like it overall. I like the description of Ninth Avenue. How it's like this cool city, which I don't know anything about. But apparently it's something from Hong Kong, which is pretty interesting. And uh, I did think the atmosphere of it was good. The descriptions were good. And, you know, I'm engaged in this this world. It's just, uh, I think we could have edited out a lot of the beginning stuff. You know, we didn't, maybe didn't need 14 chapter parts. Cha chapter. We maybe didn't need 14 chapter one sections so far. Maybe we need like, you know, seven of them. And like leave, leave, the, stuff with, leave the stuff with Leon out, leave the stuff with the cops out. And just get more directly into this because I think this is a little cooler and more exciting. And you can almost have like a debrief uh, going back with AG, like reviewing things after he gets into some trouble. or I don't know, something like that. But, you know, overall, this isn't the way I would tell this story, but I'm still interested and engaged. And I'm going to 
keep going because I don't know. I like it. I, I like how Lugumon keeps dogging on AG and uh, like AG wanted to call him senpai and stuff. That's all so weird, so funny. Um, I mean, he's. I hear he's supposed to be this loser, and you know, sometimes he feels like a loser, and sometimes he doesn't. This uh, chapter section, he definitely felt a little bit more like a loser. So that was, uh, I don't know, kind of interesting, kind of fun. Um, but uh, that's all I have to say for now. I am going to come back with uh, this. Uh, next week and uh, you can you can expect for me to continue with this and after Seekers is over who knows what I'll do in the world did you want maybe nothing maybe something maybe it'll be wonderful who knows but you have to stick around and find out anyway go to the show notes if you want to uh, find out more information like the word count and how, about how long it took for me to to read it and things like that and find the links to Kakun's uh, releases as well as like the Japanese video version of this if you want to and uh, all that sort of stuff. Anyway, check out the show notes at mjwinners.com and uh, look for my... Uh, well, actually, you might. I was going to say you might want to check out my Ultraman-inspired children's uh, picture book story idea that I have there on the website um, because it's related... But because it's related to Ultraman, I thought, well, maybe it's not pertinent to mention right now. However, if you've seen the original Ultraman, if you've seen the original Digimon Adventure, the Japanese version of it, the style of like the uh, credits or like the intro for the episode, the little splash screen or whatever, very similar, very reminiscent. I consider Digimon to be a weird descendant of Ultraman and Godzilla and other stuff in the tokusatsu world. So it feels very appropriate to me. And I think you might like that story if you're enjoying or if you're a fan of Digimon because I kind of made it to be like Digimon as well as Ultraman and other tokusatsu stuff that I enjoy so much. Anyway, uh, go ahead and check that out over at the website. There will be links everywhere you can look for. Uh, there's an author. Well, anyway, you can look around and find it, and maybe I'll even include it in the show notes themselves for this episode of Seekers. Anyway, until next time, folks, take care. This is MJ signing out. I hope you enjoyed that. Go to mjmunoz.com to leave any questions, comments, or other feedback you might have. There you can find all of my analysis, art, and fiction. I cover books, tokusatsu, comic books, anime, and more. Look around. You're sure to find something else that you'll enjoy as well. This has been a Story Over Everything production.